Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today I am joined by Doug Brown. So who is Doug Brown? Well, he has, he's based in the States. He has been, he's consulted, coached, and advised for loads of top-level businesses, including Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Nationwide, Procter & Gamble. Uh, he's also written a best-selling book, an international bestseller, um, Win-Win Selling. Uh, he's also got a new book coming out, which he's going to touch on today. Um, and today we're going to be talking around how to generate more income, how to grow your business without taking on new clients. So what you can do with the clients you currently have to maximize those clients or look at, you know, potentially um, previous past clients and how to work with them to maximize the potential um, and generate more income. So, you know, it's not always a good idea to be taking on more and more clients. Um, sometimes it's a case of, of maximizing what you've already got. That might be due to capacity or, you know, just the potential for the more clients you have, um, the more you know, complications can arise. But first of all, I just wanted to do a quick update for you on the Selling Without Sleeves world and what is happening at Selling Without Sleeves HQ. So today I have been recording um, the audiobook. So the audiobook is fitting into the, um, the sales funnel that's been created. Um, around the book so it's all happening um so the audiobook is going to be one of the upsells within the funnel uh to enable people to access the book the, uh, the book that they they order will be um a hard copy so um it will come through the uh the post to them so that means that obviously there's a delay um the problem with the delay in the sales process is that you know you've got all that momentum you've got all that energy and enthusiasm and then um, you've got a delay before you have that book in your hands. So one of the ways of helping with that and addressing that would be to provide um, a way of accessing the information and getting started straight away. One of those things that you can do is a audiobook, so they can download that and get moving on that straight away. So um, very excited uh, to be well. I'm very excited for the end result of that. I have to say that reading out loud. Um, something that I've written is definitely not my favorite pastime. So, um, so yeah, that was, it was quite interesting. Um, was super grateful to have, um, the, the, the guy, the technician there, James, who was really helpful and also Jacob. Um, so yeah, everyone could witness, um, my minor errors, um, minor being, uh, I think 200 and odd in, um, <laughs> in the space of two and a half hours, uh, which is, yeah, not great, but, um, poor, um, <laughs> poor Jacob now has the the joy of editing that um but he thinks he's really lucky right now and really does love his job thank you Jacob anyway um that's been going on the website is currently um it's literally just being finished off um we've got some alterations coming in from a branding point of view um which are going to be reflected in the book it's been a bit of a last minute decision to have a revamp on that um but there's just elements i wasn't overly happy with and it made sense to to address them now so um they're being done and so um when when i'm back from attendance leave i pretty much have uh, a business which looks uh totally different um which is 
both very exciting and quite frightening. Um, I've also managed to find this week a um, distributor who can do the fulfillment for me of the the book. So the printing and then the posting out of the book for me. Um, so very excited about that one. So that's that in the uh, Selling Without Steve's World. That's what's been going on. And uh, now let's get stuck in and have a chat with Doug. What we're going to do is talk today around the whole the business growth you know what your books around really which is business growth and mm-hmm. you know growing your business isn't just about generating more customers um which i think lots of people think oh yeah i'll just i'll just get more customers and then that way <laughs> i'll get more revenue but obviously you've got a lot of complications with that haven't you well i mean it is one way of doing it but if they want a, a more sustainable business without having to work so hard then they want to look at the whole complement. I mean, statistically, people put stats out that say 70% of business uh, growth will actually come from the existing client base, but most people don't work it. So, right. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. That's part of the problem. Okay. So, I think you mentioned when we, when we chatted before that there was 10 different ways to increase your revenue. There are 10 different ways. And, and, Increase it, getting more customers is what just one of those? Yeah, it's just one of those. <clears throat> then uh, there's little subcategories of the, each of the 10. So, do you want to divulge anything more around sort of those elements? Yeah, you can, you know, I mean, we, we won't have time to go all through all 10 of them, but no, I mean, definitely you know. not. what's your favorite <laughs> then? Pick your favorite. I'll pick my favorites. It's, uh, well, I mean, there's, you know, you got buying frequency, buying uh, transactional value. You have getting new clients. We have meaningful communications, right? Mm-hmm. Follow up. Um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, convey better. They're all on the board over there. Oh, nice, nice. You know, you can speed up the purchase, increase the margins, the prices, get in, you know, more sellers for yourself. You know, number of sellers. Um, you know, so you can build an independent agency. There's all kinds of different ways of doing it. So do you go in and you speak to people and you advise them on what's best to do for their organization? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, vast majority of people, what, what, what do they tend to, is it a good mixture of those 10 or is it always is? Yeah. Is it? And then it's about improving the effectiveness or the efficiency of each one of them. Okay. So what do you see as, you know, what do you see most of the time? What's the untapped element that people are overlooking? What's the most overlooked one of those 10? I would say the most overlooked is the the retention of their clients, number okay. one, and increasing the frequency of their purchase. A lot of times people don't look at the retention of the clients because <clears throat> they are they're too myopically focused on getting new clients. Everybody thinks, well, I got to get new clients, new clients. Yes, you do. But it should be a percentage of what a person should be getting, not necessarily the sole focus. Now, to that point, there are a lot of companies that just focus on just getting new clients and they do quite well. Yeah. The challenge is, and this I've seen this happen so many times where let's say they have one or two marketing channels that are really pumping along and all the new clients are coming in and everything's good. And then all of a sudden some type of disaster, like, you know, a pandemic or, <laughs> you know, something comes along, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so when that happens, then what ends up happening is, uh, you know, they lose those channels. So all of a sudden their new client base is just 
completely dries up. Yeah. I have one client that, for example, that, you know, they generated a lot of leads through radio Mm -hmm. and they were very dominant in radio, but then came along the presidential elections and the senators and the house of representatives. And what they didn't bank on is all this, what they used to buy is remnant radio. So remnant means, you know, they publish it whenever and it's a lower cost radio play, but I mean, they were still spending a million dollars a year on radio. So, but when the politicians came along, they gave them first preference to the radio. So, you know, for three, four months, their radios just dropped right out. They couldn't get the buying time. So when somebody doesn't pay attention to the other facets, so, you know, there are 10 of them and they don't pay attention to the other facets. And then you're working, say one facet or two facets. And one of those dries up at that moment then they got to start from zero to try to, you know, go after the existing client base at that point. It just takes time. So it depends on how much money they have and how much uh, long, uh, you know, the, uh, what the burn rate is of their business. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, each company is different, but for the most part, they're not paying attention to the retention of the clients or the improving the relationship with the client, you know, okay. and that's why you hear, you know, statistics on follow-up that are just, horrific, you know, <laughs> that, um, you know, people don't pay attention to the client base. It's because they're focused yeah. on new clients. So when you say follow up, your thought process is, is not follow up on a on a sales discussion, it's follow up on a client that's used you previously, who could use you again, but you haven't pursued that. Well, that that's one way of doing it. But follow up is, is consistent throughout the whole customer's journey. It should be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it never ceases to amaze me, right? I mean, you just had a new child, right? But your 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 relationship started long before <laughs> this, right? <laughs> and so, you know, when people are dating, for example, you know, they do all these things. They they make phone calls, they send letters, they send, uh, you know, heart-shaped candy. They do all kinds of things, right? To try to woo the other person. Heart-shaped candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I'm putting in, I'm putting him in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they do special things for one another and and you know for a relationship to go long term you know like my grandparents or even my parents i mean they they were you know my grandparents were you know almost 60 years right or before and um you know they kept doing things with one another and so they kept that you know playfulness alive but we don't do that well i do but most of the people that i talk with do not do that regarding their business relationships. So think of that as the first time, you know, you see the person and you're like, wow, your heart flutters and you want to go say something you do, you establish a connection in a relationship. But the challenge is most people, they, they don't continue that. And, you know, I did a f- surveys with uh, women audiences at times. And I said, how long does it take for you to get really upset you know, from the time that the date ends, the first date ends to the time that he or she or they are supposed to call you. And overwhelmingly, if it was over 24 hours, the other individual would have been tossed off a pier, bound and gagged, and that would have been the end of it, right? So it's, but we do this for personal relationships, but people in business, they think they're not supposed to do that. So, you know, let's say somebody makes a connection and they, they submit an inquiry and we follow up one time and we have an exchange and then they 
sort of go, well, they're not buying now. So we'll just put them aside for now. Right. Or we'll throw them on this automated, you know, non-relevant email list or something like that. And people want connection, you know, and, and more now in 2021 than ever, because yes. 2020, just everybody's been isolated. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's where follow-up happens throughout the whole process. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, treat treat your current customers like the customers that you're trying to, to get right now. Uh, and, and, yes, and value the relationship because when we are in constant communication with uh, others, you know, we can expand the sale. So there's always, you know, a new time somebody comes up, like I I have a client that called me back because I'm staying in touch as the third consulting job I've done with them. And, you know, I didn't have to spend any new money to go get them. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, and the, and the decision was like one phone call. Yep. We need you to do this. Bam. Uh, What's the price. Right. And it's like, I'll do it for this. They're like, Oh, okay. Works. Right. Because they, because we have a relationship. And so, yeah. And then, you know, you get referrals that way you get, you know, all the type of expansion of a sale that people want, but they're not paying attention. Most people to their current client base or even their past or dormant clients. And so what ends up happening is, you know, the relationship gets stale. It's just the way it is. And some people take high offense to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, especially if you've got, you know, competitors coming along and, and romancing them more than you are, um, you know, to stick with the sort of dating analogies, you know, if, if somebody else is paying them more attention, if somebody else looks like they are more interested in what's happening, then, you know, they're going to, they are going to look elsewhere, aren't they? Because it looks like a better offer. And, and the person who originally had the account or had the opportunity to sell that account has prepped the client to buy from the competitor. So they've gone through all the work. I just uh, was on a, this is crazy, but I was on a sales consultant call. They, uh, they invited me on to listen to the call. And one of the uh, sales consultants came on and said, I just lost a $350,000 deal, which is annual recurring income for this particular industry. And the average client stays five to 10 years. So it's actually like, oh, you know, one point, whatever that is, seven, five million, six million, whatever, two, you know, three and a half million. Now, here's the crazy part. The commission they pay that sales rep is 50%. So $175,000 a year in commissions gone for the next 10 years. Why? She talked to the company. She got them all prepped already and then never followed up. And so what ended up happening is a competitor came in and it was a quick decision. They're like, yep, we're ready to go. (laughs) So they closed the deal, you know, and she lost out on, you know, let's say 10 years, $1.75 million in commission because she didn't follow up. Why didn't she, what, what was her thought process on not following up? Ta-da. You know, I mean, a lot of people just, Hey, I'm busy. I don't follow up because, you know, geez, I got so many things going on. I've got new clients I'm trying to get all the time. I don't have a system for follow-up. I, I don't have anything automated. I, I mean, it just goes on and on. But if you really think about follow-up, it's a common courtesy. Yeah. Just like if you went out on that date and you didn't call that gal within 24 hours, she views it as a violation, <laughs> most of them, 
most of the women, I mean, the high majority, like 80% of the audience was like, forget it. He's, you know, they were talking about a he, you know, and they would say he's dead. <laughs> it's like, it's over. But, you know, some would give him up to 48 hours. None would go over 72 hours <laughs> in the audience. And this was an audience of several hundred people. So it's, it's like, yeah, um, you know, decent sample size. And I've done that many times. So it's been consistent. So, you know, it's a common courtesy. It shows people that one cares. And the reality is behind every business buying decision is a personal agenda. Yeah. And if that ag agenda is, I want to trust this person. I want to like this person. I want to respect this person. I want this person to show me they care and we don't. Well, guess what? No sale. Yeah. And, and somebody else will come along and, you know, show that they care and then that's it. Job done. Yep. And that's what happens. They woo them in a different way and bam, the sale happens. And that's the end of the game because now even worse for the original seller, someone else cared. So now they have a relationship with somebody. They go, I cared and you didn't. Right. So now in their mind, it's no longer about the business decision. It's about the personal uh, pain that they're feeling that the initial salesperson, or the initial person contacting them didn't provide for them. So now it's a, about an emotional and a personal issue versus a business issue. And then that will be very difficult to undo as well, isn't it? You know, oh, with, yeah. come back from that position because it, you know, it's how you made that person feel. It's their initial experience with you. Um, you know, the, you're kind of the nails in the coffin, isn't it really? Yeah, it is. I mean, you could pull the nail out and you can reestablish, but it's a longer road. Longer route. Yeah. Especially when they just signed up to something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that deal's done, you know, if they, unless the other company just completely botches it for whatever reason, but that deal's pretty much done. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's it, isn't it, is during that, because I always talk to clients because, you know, people do see it as it's the customer's decision, but actually the whole sales process, it's a two-way thing and it's a relationship thing. And particularly when you're dealing with people on a service level and you're going to be working alongside them, it's as much about you being able to work with them as them being able to work with you. Um, and if you don't care in the beginning, when are you going to care? You know, I used to be in the music business and I played in bands. And I used to always tell my bandmates, we got to look long-term, mm -hmm. right? Because if we were ever successful, let's say that we ever become Aerosmith or whatever, right? <laughs> um, you know, we've got to like each other down the line in order for us to want to be in the same room, right? So let's do everything to take care of one another because it's going to be tough times. Mm -hmm. Tough times when you'll do it, especially in the music business, you know, riding on a bus with you know, six guys and the, the crew for 300 days a year, you better get along, right? You better be able to take care of one another. So, and some bands don't, and they still do well. Uh, I've heard bands, you know, like the who and things like that, the older bands, you know, they didn't get along at well, at well at all. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, so it can happen, but it's the, it's in the minority versus the majority. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've got to yeah, and it's and it's an opportunity for you to be like actually, if you're going to treat me like this, and I think that's the thing is, I've come across with clients recently that it's the way they've been treated by customers hasn't been great, and it's been you know, well, I'm I'm paying you so I can behave however I like, and it's actually like, <laughs> actually no. you you can't. There needs to be a mutual respect there, and and actually, you know, that's that's where you can kind of. Yeah, you're you're not an indentured servant. You're not a prostitute. Not you specifically, but anybody. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I covered myself on that one. I hope, um, (laughs) you know, I used to say that to people all the time. It's like, you might be paying me, but you know, (laughs) even if I was a call guy, I would say no to certain things. Right. So you, you, it's got, it's gotta be a, a two-way street because any relationship that is anything of quality of substance is always a win-win. It's always a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not dealing with, this is the thing people don't realize we're not dealing with titles. We're not dealing with company names. We're not dealing with any of that. We're dealing with people first who have titles, who have names, who have businesses, right? And so people forget the human element and it's a big, big flaw. And I see them drop that all the time in, in, in revenue growth. And I go in, you know, and, and I'm like, when's the last time you talked to your, your, your past dormant clients? They're like, oh, three years ago. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, so, you know, how much business are you getting out of them? Oh, nothing. Right. Well, no kidding. Right. <laughs> so it's weird. You know, we go back and we re-engage the client base and they start picking up new sales. It's not weird to me. It's weird to them. Right. And, and it's like, well, how did that happen? It's like, they wanted to buy from you, you know, ma'am, sir, whatever, but you, you, you weren't paying attention to these people. And worse yet, when we survey the past clients, they bought from competitors or they bought from other things that they didn't even know that the company now serviced that, right? Yeah. So, you know, I was reading an interesting book that said uh, statistically they've kind of done the research and they were saying about 70% of the revenue actually comes from an existing client base. And I don't know if it's that high, uh, but I do know that, you know, it can be substantial. And I do know that we can spawn additional relationships from current clients because they already have built in trust. And, you know, that's a big thing. No one wants to you know, feel like they're going to refer somebody that they've had a relationship with for 10 years. And then that person, uh, you know, on their 10th year and sixth day comes back and goes, why did you send me this person? They're aggravating me to beyond. Right. So, um, you know, so people are very careful about the referrals many times because they want to protect their relationship. And that makes sense. So if we don't have a human relationship and we don't have a relationship with this person thinks, man, this person covered my back, my sides, my flanks, my up, my down, whatever. Um, then why would they refer? It doesn't make any sense. Fundamentally people buy from people, don't they? Oh, it's always been the the case, right? Before there was slick marketing, before there was, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, people, you know, the the old system when we didn't have currency was barter, Mm. right? So what are you bartering with? You're bartering with people and your word was your bond at that point. And nothing's changed. It's just technology has changed in, in a lot of ways. And a lot of people like to hide behind technology. You know, they don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to have the, the tough conversations and the tough conversations are some of the best because that's usually where a lot of big high-end sales come out of. Yeah. Right? There's, yeah. there's going to be some pushback in most cases. And if you're not getting pushback in a sale every once in a while, it's okay. But if that's constant, believe me, you're not working hard enough. You want to get some level of pushback in the sale. Well, I think pushback is a very good indicator that that person's taking it seriously, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think you know, you, you, I've, I've had conversations and I've spoken to clients and, you know, that phrase, it's, it was too easy. 
And you know that that person is either going to just totally ghost on you yep. or they're going to be that person who one week they're going with what you do, another week they're going with what somebody else does. Um, whereas actually the loyalty, one of my most loyal customers was was very... <laughs> was very unenthusiastic the first time they'd met me um you know because they'd had actually a bad experience with the client with the with the company I was working for and and so you know they were not bought in they were not convinced and it took an awful lot to build that no like trust with them but I managed it and and that's the thing is is if they you know walking into a room and somebody going oh yeah yeah I'll do that I'll try this they're they're ones which when your competitor walks in the room and they they get the same response you know it's yeah yeah Especially if your competitor drops their price by, you know, 20% below yours, right? So a lot what I teach people, because I teach conversational sales mastery as well, and um, how to convert, you know, having conversations. And too many people make a sale, then undo the sale because they start talking again, but make the sale. (laughs) And um, then after it's endorsed, what they don't do is tie it down. They don't ask the questions because they're too afraid that it's going to unravel right then and there. But, you know, making sure that there will be nothing else that will prevent this from happening now that we've endorsed this paperwork or whatever it might be that they're doing, you know, taking the funds or whatever, you know, then they're not asking enough questions on around the qualification process. So they don't realize even though somebody gave them the deposit, but they got to go back and talk to a couple of business partners or talk to their spouse or talk to, you know, people within the company or, or even worse, they don't have to, but they go back into the company and then the director of you know human resources or operations comes forth and says, what did you do? Do you know how this is going to impact us negatively in the company, right? And so we have to head those things off ahead of time and tie the, tie the thing down. Um, but if we don't, you know, we're going to get some reversal of the sale. We're going to get some anyways because of law of averages. Yeah. But, the, you know, so it's about improving the law of averages yeah. in our favor and in the client's favor. And also, it doesn't come as a surprise, then, does it? You know, if you found out that information, then, you know, you're aware of the conversations that need to happen. You're aware of how likely things are to come off. Whereas, you know, I've spoken to people where it's it's been totally left field and it's like, well, it was left field because you didn't have the conversation. So you <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, if you can inform yourself, information is power. And from that, you can, you know, figure out what's going on. Yeah. And and we have to be honest for their benefit, you know, and yeah. I would say truthful more than honest, because honest is subjective. Truthful is, yeah. you know, this is objective. I have a, a client right now that <clears throat> I'm helping close a sale for them. And the client uh, decided, hey, I'll give this person, you know, a really great deal. So... I just conveyed last night. Um, yes, that is Sunday evening. Uh, they texted me and I texted them back and I tied it down. And because if they don't make the decision to move forward and put the the additional funds into this thing by Tuesday, the client will undo it, right? So it's kind of, you know, when I reminded of them that in a very nice way, um, <laughs> you know, they were very uh, thankful because they're like, you know, I forgot about this part. So, yep. Yeah you know, funding, we got it all together, everything's going. So, you know, let's meet on Tuesday morning type thing. So it's, we have to have and ask questions and make statements that others dare not. Yeah. And, and, and this is what will not only differentiate, but it'll make you different. 
They make the client go, wow, okay, wow, I never thought about that. I want to hear more about this. <clears throat> if the client in the conversation is saying, eh, okay, you know, so what? <laughs> you know, or, yeah, that's interesting, but not really that interesting. And we don't know this. Well, guess what's happening to the sales process? It's a tritting off right then and there. Mm-hmm. So people like confidence. You know, confidence is sexy. And, you know, it is a very strong motivator for people to want to do business with us because what buyers are looking for is their buying confidence. You know, it's literally called buying confidence. Mm-hmm. And so when you get pushback, like you were saying, it could be the positive or negative, right? Negative is what we would say, well, that's probably an objection. But really negative pushback is I'm, dis- um, I'm not comfortable with something. I have discomfort. I have fear around something. And yeah. so we have to help them cross that bridge. Yeah. And the process of doing that can actually, you know, it, it's, it's, it's helping you form that working business relationship to take that person on that journey, isn't it? You know, it's not just, it, it's overcoming objection, but it's also positioning yourself in that, that role as a partnership, um, you know, working business relationship. Yeah. I, I, I prefer to call it resolving objections versus mm-hmm. overcoming them because, <clears throat> You know, when we overcome a lot of times, somebody's winning, somebody's losing, not always, Mm -hmm. but when we're resolving an objection, we're both winning. And so we're, we're solving the human pain that's going on within that person. And we're resolving the business challenge that they have. Uh, So they win and we win because we pick up the client and uh, too many people don't know when to walk away when they're selling. It's crazy. It's like the guy who chases a gal for, you know, five years and, you know, spends all this time and energy and, and where he would have been better off spending that time and energy finding someone else at that time. Now, does that mean you don't follow up for five years? Absolutely not. You always want to play the odds, but, um, you know, too many people don't walk away from the sale. There, there are no bad clients. There are only bad buying decisions. And so we, as the seller, if we induce that, if we, if we make that bad buying decision happen, you know, oh, I got to hit quota this month, or I got to do this. And we just kind of sneak them in (laughs) and then it blows up and it's like, oh my gosh, this client is the client from hell, right? Type of thing. No, 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 no. They're not. You're, you're the seller from hell. That's what happened. You sold the wrong thing. And now you're paying the price <laughs> for that bad decision. I like that. I like that. I like that approach because it's a good. Uh, it, it gets people's uh, sense of ownership there, doesn't it? You know, it's uh, it, it's better to take it on board and think actually, well, how did I contribute to this scenario? Than oh, they're just terrible and that's it. Uh, like you said, it's a two way street. It's a two way relationship, right? So if one person it. <laughs> And I always bring this back to relationships because it's so much like that, right? I mean, well, it is a relationship, isn't it? It's just a different type of relationship. Yeah. I mean, in a long-term marriage, if people stop doing what they did in the beginning of the relationship, then the marriage gets stale, right? And so, and then over time, the marriage might degrade to a point where, okay, we're no longer able to keep the relationship for whatever reason, right? It just kind of falls out of the relationship. The best relationships that I've ever witnessed on the personal side are are consistently and constantly uh, trying to remind the other person of how special they are. And, you know, my grandfather, for example, and my dad, uh, there was no other woman on the planet. That was it. It was my grandmother 
or my father. And both of them would have died for either one of them in a heartbeat. And uh, they let them know that all the time, right? In a nice way, not, you know, hey, I'd die for you. Um, you should be appreciative. But, you know, I mean, I used to watch my grandfather when I was a little boy and, and you know, there would be some very attractive women that would come into the business, you know, because we had a family business. My grandfather wouldn't even give him a second look. You know, I'm, you know, 11 years old. And I'm like going, wow, you know, <laughs> my grand, my grandfather walk right by them, acknowledge them and just keep going. You know I mean? Because uh, my grandmother's name was Mary and Mary was the gal. That was it. And, you know, I remember them having their 50th wedding anniversary and them dancing and kissing and holding on to one another and seeing how grateful my grandfather's eyes were, you know, with, with my grandmother there. So you know, that is a long relationship. And the reality is if we could extend the relationship in business, mm -hmm. even by several years, let's say the client buys once every two years and we can extend that relationship by six years and it's possible, yeah. then that client will buy four times the initial time and then three times more within that six year period of time. And the reality is that they trust. So they'll, they'll tend to even spend more over time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you took those statistics and say, well, okay, well, most people are, are only getting 25% of that buy and they need a hundred clients a year in order to hit their number at 25% buy. In theory, if they work the, the, the base and they work the transactional value, the buying frequency, increasing the margins, all of this stuff that happens with sales revenue growth and optimization, then they would need one in four. So they'd only need 25 clients a year in order to hit the same number. There you go. And that's why it's not all about just chasing the new business. It's not just about chasing the the, the new the new relationships it's about nurturing those relationships They're well and, yeah it's it's both really right it's in tandem right so it's but it's not solely as you said about just getting new relationships and because if one is doing that then they are working what people say harder not smarter yeah right <laughs> and if they do the right thing by the client and they can spawn let's say two to three referrals mm -hmm a year, hopefully, if not over the lifetime, you know, a lifetime of the relationship, then what ends up happening is their marketing cost drops significantly and their profitability goes up in a big way. And the reality is that they're working easier because a referred client already has that trust built in from the other person. So it will generally close higher, uh, you know, depending on how the client refers uh, you know, sometimes as high as 80% on average, right? So it's a lot easier sale, but you can't take them for granted. You still got to go through the whole process, right? So, but what it is, is it lowers the barrier of entry and lowering drops the guard. And so now we can get to the real issues far more than just trying to, you know, discover what we really need to do. Um, and, you know, overcoming the, I don't know you, I don't trust you. I don't, uh, you know, you got to prove yourself to me type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that really does. That's, that's great. Oh, that's been fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really nice to, to, to talk through those sort of insights and, you know, talking the numbers like you did, um, you know, it's, it's, it really illustrates the, 
the value in I think I'm aware of quite a few people who it's you know it's they're talking churn rates and it's you know the the churn rates and the volumes are acceptable and actually you know if you can look at that and you can address that you can work a lot you know a lot smarter at the front end um, with taking them on if you're not having to you know you take on three clients a month but you lose one um, you know if you can if you think about that net gain over a 12-month period actually you could do a lot fewer calls which you know you all know the stats it's a numbers game how many calls you do versus how many people you convert you, you know you can work smarter all the way along that process can't you which actually yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you're a solo entrepreneur a coach a consultant or something like that or just you know an accountant or something that you know it's a solo type business realistically on two appointments a day mm-hmm. you can do seven figures if yeah. everything else is in line yeah. so um, and I teach people this all the time. So it's, it's, it's realistic, but you have to have the right prospects. So it's not just about getting leads. It's about getting quality leads. Yeah. Right. And then having a process to take them through. So it's not just about making a sale. It's about making a highly profitable sale. Right. And so if, if we apply the rules of revenue expansion, and then we apply efficiencies and effectiveness, i.e. optimizing each one of those processes, we'll find that we get a multiplier. It's not just a static like, hey, if I get 5% better at you know one area, two areas, three areas, well, it's 15%. No, it'll compound on itself. Yeah. And so you get the compounding effect. So if you had 5% better over 10, 10 regions, let's say, then it's not a 50% growth rate it'll be much, much higher than that. Because if we figure out compounding interest, you know, if we took 1% a day and got better, 70 days later, we'd be twice as good as we are today. So we'd get actually 100% growth over 70 days, just becoming 1% better each and every single day. And that's what works there, uh, where you'll get revenue expansion. And then the optimization component improves the efficiencies of that. So we're, you know, lowering our cost, we're lowering our people labor, we're lowering the uh, the we're shortening the sales cycle so we can actually talk to more people. There's all kinds of benefits that come out of doing both of these. Oh, well, it's been really, really nice talking to you. Thank you very much, Doug. You're um, welcome, Sarah. Where else can people um, reach you? You know, if they want to find out more, if they want to get more information from you, where's best? Yeah, well, they can go to businesssuccessfactors.com. That's the website. They can send me an email at Doug at, or, you know, you matter, you, uh, Y-O-U-M-A-T-T-E-R. Uh, no one spam that, please. Um, <laughs> send it to Doug at. Um, and, you know, they can call me in the United States at 603-595-0303. A lot of people like to go to win-win selling book. I've noticed that. Uh, and uh, for your podcast, uh, I've dropped down the cost on the ebook of win-win selling, unlocking the power of profitability by resolving objections uh, down to actually 99 cents. So they can go get the book right now for 99 cents. Oh. Um, and that book will teach them the philosophy and psychology of communication, how to resolve objections, give them formulas to do that. So it, it doesn't just work in business. It works in personal life as well. So thanks again, Doug, for that insight. Really enjoyed talking through with you and, you know, exploring those different elements. Obviously, you know, within the book, you'll be able to find out a lot more information on the different elements which make up uh, the different approaches that you can try um, to enable you to grow your business without having to take on 
uh, more clients. You know, that is one of the options, but not the only option available to you. Um, and it makes sense to maximize um, sales and, and, and growth in, in all those areas. So um, super excited and thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Doug. So, you know, guys, just a bit of homework for you would be to go away, have a look at your business, look at where you can make efficiencies and also definitely look at where you can pick up on historical uh, clients and see how you might be able to help them or point them in the direction of help depending on where they are now. So thanks again, Doug. Please do feel free to check him out um, on his website. You've got businesssuccessfactors.com and highvelocitytraining.com. Um, or if you're into tweeting, then you've got Twitter at Doug Brown. Thanks again, Doug. And thanks for listening, guys. Speak to you again next week. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.